In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus has imparted to the world a continuation of his own ministry, which is a ministry of healing. He continues his ministry of healing by the thing that he gave to the world. And what he gave to the world, what he gave to every one of us, is his body, the church. The church continues what Jesus began in his earthly ministry. And it is a healing ministry. And it is a healing ministry that serves to reintegrate us into the life of God, make us whole again since sin, our own sins, the sins of people around us, the fallenness of this world, all these things have served to kind of break us apart from inside, to take away from us the good things that God has made us. So we're kind of like broken pieces, and Jesus to bring all these pieces, and the, his, the continuation of his ministry in the church serves to bring all these pieces back together and make us whole again. One of the ways that the church does that, among many others, one of the ways that the church, I should say, that Christ does it through the church is through the liturgical calendar. The cycle of the liturgy, the cycle of the seasons that we go through in the church, through Advent, through Christmas, through uh, Dinha, Epiphany, through now what, we're, what we've entered into today, Soma, uh, Lent, all these seasons and the year-long cycle that we go through every single year serves as part of the healing ministry of Jesus for our souls. And particularly in the season that we're entering into now, Lent, Jesus gives us and the church gives us this season to enter into a particularly dark period. Into a particularly dark period in the form of deprivation. We are entering intentionally into the deprivation that Jesus entered into in the gospel reading that we read today. Why would we do that to ourselves? Have you thought about this before? Why do we fast, for example? Why do we meditate on dark things like the passion of Jesus, which we do during all of Lent? Why do we enter into these not so happy, not so pleasant, not so cheerful moments in our life. Because the church wants us, by entering into this dark moment, by entering into this depriving moment, the church wants to teach us to trust in God again. So let's go through the gospel reading and see how Christ himself did it, and in doing it has taught us how to do it as well. Notice in the beginning of the gospel of today's reading, Jesus is baptized. When he's baptized, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to fast and then to be tempted by Satan. Seems kind of counterintuitive to the spiritual life. And what are the temptations? On, on a surface level, they seem easy enough to overcome. Okay, turn, you're hungry, turn uh, stones into loaves of bread, feed yourself. Okay, that seems pretty easy to overcome. I'm just not gonna eat, it's fine. 
throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple so that the angels can carry you. Seems pretty easy enough to overcome. No, I don't want to throw myself down from the, head of the, from the top of the temple. Look at all these kingdoms. They can be yours if you want to, if you're going to worship me. Uh, I don't really want to worship the devil, so I'm not going to do that one either. On a surface level, these seem easy enough to overcome, but let's translate it into more contemporary, more modern language. If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into loaves of bread. Otherwise put, and I'm saying this to you now, aren't you hungry? Does God not want you to eat? Does God really want you to be so unhappy? Is that right? Why would God not want you to eat? Why would God not want you to feel happy by eating whatever you want to, by drinking whatever you want to, whenever you want to, as much as you want to? Why would God restrict such pleasure from you? Pleasure is good. It makes us feel good. Does God not want you to feel good? Is that what's going on here? Create the voice of the devil, speaking to the conscience of all believers, trying to create a distance between believers and God, setting up God as if he's a party pooper or as if he just doesn't want us to have fun or a good time or he wants us to be unhappy so that he can, I don't know, delight in our misery or something like that. Or let's go a little further. Jesus, you're the son of God, right? Don't you want to do good for people? Look at all the poor people in the world. You want people to go hungry? You have power. You can change stones into loaves of bread. Why don't you feed people? You have the power to turn stones into bread. That means that you can feed the entire world. There's all these children that are hungry. There's all these people that are starving. There's all these people that are deprived and impoverished. Why don't you feed them? If you're the son of God, you have the power to turn matter into everything that people need. But this is exactly the point. Jesus' response tells us exactly what we need first and foremost and most of all. His response, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What does that mean? At the bottom of the food chain is not bread or, carb or carbs or anything like that. At the bottom of the food chain is scripture, the word of God, the word that comes from God's mouth and lands in our hearts and makes us live. At the, at the bottom of the food chain is the Spirit of God that God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and made him a living man. That's what makes us alive. It's the word of God. It's not bread. Of course we need bread. Of course we need to eat, yes. But if we just eat and if we just sleep, and if we just have sex, and if we just do all the base things that our flesh tells us to do, we're not yet human beings. We become human beings when we hear the Word of God and then are made alive by the Word of God. And that's why Jesus says, no, I will deprive myself of something now so that I'm freeing myself up to receive the Word of God. When I receive the Word of God, then I'll eat more freely. Throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple. Because it's written, and he's quoting Psalm 46. The angels 
are going to bear you up by their hands lest you strike your foot against a stone. You want to do good for the world, right? Jesus, you're the son of God. Well, you need a platform. You need followers. You need people to hear you. You need people to know you. You need people to see just how glorious and how powerful you are. Throw yourself down. Let everybody watch the angels carry you. They'll follow you then. They'll do whatever you want to then. But Jesus responds, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Otherwise put, don't put God to the test. God will do whatever he wants to in you whenever he wants to do it. And then the last one, very interesting. The devil takes him to a high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the earth and their glory, and he says, all these I'll give to you if you'll fall down and worship me. Or let's put it another way. You want to do good for the world? You need power. Just like you need followers, you also need power. I'll give you all the power in the world. It's all mine. I'm going to give it over to you. Be powerful so that you can change the world according to your designs. What's common between all these, uh, all these temptations? What's common between all of them is they all have good intentions behind them. Turn stones into loaves of bread, feed the world, eat, don't go hungry. There's a good intention there. I want to feed the world. There, that's, there's a good intention. Throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple so that people can see how glorious you are. They'll follow you. There's a decent enough intention there. I want people to follow me so that I can do good for them, so that I, I, I can get my good message out to them. All the kingdoms of the earth, they're yours. Have all the power in the world, political power. Yeah, I want to use political power. I want to exercise might and strength so that I can change the world for a good. I can make the world a better place. But I need power to do that. There's a good intention in all these things. But this is why St. John Chrysostom says, the road to hell is paved by good intentions. Because, brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, the temptations of Jesus, which encompass all the temptations of humanity, yours and mine, come down to one principle. Do we let God work or do we take matters into our own hands? Jesus is in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. It sounds like it's not a long time. It's quite a long time. Have you ever spent 40 days and 40 nights doing kind of like nothing? It tends to drag on. I mean, we're, about, we're, we're entering Lent right now. By the end of it, it feels kind of like an eternity. 40 days is not a short amount of time, especially when you're fasting in a serious way, you're in the wilderness. Many would get really bored, and they would get really fed up and, and impatient and say, what is God doing? He's not doing anything. Let me do something about it now. That's what... Uh, when Moses went up Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, the Israelites at the bottom said, we don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. Let's create for ourselves a pagan god and worship that thing because we don't know what happened to Moses. They got impatient. They took matters into their own hands. What is Lent about then? It's about entering into this deprivation with Jesus intentionally so that we can free ourselves from our own self-determination 
so that we can free ourselves from our own self-will and being the masters of our own lives and free ourselves such that God can work in us when He wants to in whatever way He wants to. And that is the road, to, that is the, the genuineness of the spiritual life. Freeing ourselves up so that God can work in us. Jesus does not take matters into His own hands. He allows the Father to work in Him by rejecting all the impulses and the temptations of Satan to say, you do it, you're the Son of God, you can do it. You do it yourself. Jesus is saying, no, I'm going to let God do it for me and in me. Lent, the fasting, the whole theology of fasting and almsgiving and all these things that we do in Lent has this in mind, that God works in us. This is why I advise you now, don't make Lent a health exercise. Don't give up sweets and stuff because you're on a diet. Lent is not a diet. You should diet, but it has nothing to do with Lent, and it has nothing to do with God either. If you're unhealthy, take care of it on your own time. This is now God's time. We enter into Lent because we're entering into God's time. What are you going to do for God? And in this way, I would highly encourage every one of you to give up something that you enjoy, not something that's bad for you. Give up, give up things that are bad for you all the time. Now give up something that you enjoy. Enter into this deprivation with Christ. Be uncomfortable, intentionally uncomfortable. Some of the great, greatest UFC champions, I think. I'm not going to get this right. Some of the greatest athletes in the world have said things like, I do something that I don't want to do every single day to practice my will and strengthen it when the time comes that I need to strengthen it. Lent is so that we give ourselves over to God. Do it by entering into the discomfort that Jesus felt so that in that, the Spirit of God will come in and strengthen us so that we can overcome all the temptations of the devil. And going from the darkness of Lent, we can enter into the true light of the resurrection in Easter. Amen.